Welcome to the Lawful Assembly podcast, a show about the intersection of law, religion, and activism. It is hosted by lawyer and activist Reverend Craig Moosen. It's produced by the Division of Mission and Ministry at DePaul University. All right, Craig, there's a lot of problems right now in the world. We're in the midst of a pandemic, a worldwide pandemic. Uh, you know, we're coming up, we're less than two months away at this point for a national election. We have national unrest uh, in this country with uh, large protests, um, problems with the police force. Why are we spending time today talking about the census? No doubt we're in times of turmoil, Brian. Uh, All of what you said is correct. Part of that turmoil, especially the national polarization and the unrest in our cities, stems from some of the decisions our country made over 200 years ago with the Constitution and its failure to eliminate slavery at that point. The census, however, represents one way we can repair the breach, maybe make up for some of the mistakes that occurred, but also help us understand what happened and why the census is so important. In no way do I want to condone the slaveholders that negotiated the compromise in our Constitution that allowed for slavery to exist. It took a civil war, and it took 100 years after that for us to get to this point. But in the midst of the negotiations for a Constitution, we need to think of all the issues they were dealing with. Explore the big picture. How to unite 13 colonies after a long war? How to live up? to the promised ideals of equality and liberty, how to allocate power with 13 colonies that had different sized populations, different geographical size, different economic power. And the debate was quite thorough in trying to figure out how to keep all of those goals in mind. Yes, many of the slaveholders wanted slavery to continue. There were others who wanted to end it. But their goal was to try to find a constitution that would unite 13 colonies. Again, not to condone that decision, but to recognize what were some of the other options. Certainly some folks wanted monarchy. Some folks wanted a representative aristocracy and only the wealthy and landowners could vote. Uh, Some wanted to give certain states more power. Some actually wanted to give the original 13 colonies more power in the government, and any new states that would arise west of the Appalachian Mountains would be given less power and representation in Congress. Imagine that. They could not anticipate the 30-plus states west of the Appalachian that would have any kind of wealth or power. In debating all these things, one of the key issues was representation. The colonies fought a revolutionary war in part for freedom for the people. We now know that their definition of people might not have been as full as ours today, but they were trying to live up to that idea of representation. The compromises they made and uh, the decisions they made to have a Senate and a House with different eligibility terms recognize some of those compromises. But I'd like to quote Yale law professor Akhil Amar, who said, quote, the proposed machinery of regular elections Regular enumerations and regular reapportionments based solely on population exemplified 18th century American innovation at its best and also at its worst. What do you mean? What does he mean by that? What does he mean by best and the worst? Elections, enumeration, and apportionment. We gave ourselves every 10 years to recalibrate, to examine 
who we were as a people. Having regular elections allowed people to vote, and not just a few wealthy to control the government. By having a census every 10 years, we could see where the population was, had it changed. And it certainly has in the over 200 years since the Constitution was adopted. And then reapportionment, reallocate those members of the House of Representatives to more accurately reflect the population. That's its best. It was a way to provide a self-checking mechanism for the future. At its worst was slavery. We were unable to get rid of that initially. And this combination at least gives us the opportunity to repair the breach. That's why, Brian, this census is so important. They decided to count not just citizens, but every person residing in the United States. We now know, as you've seen the advertisements from census.gov and leaders of our states, that the census is important because it brings federal funding to our cities and our states, and it's based in part on the population under the census. We know that the House of Representatives will change based on this population. Some states will lose representatives and some will gain representatives based on the census. These are really critical political consequences of the census. But I offer to us today this other idea of a way to repair the breach. While we are dealing with polarization, while we are dealing with the consequences of slavery and racism, here is an opportunity to get every person counted. Sadly, often in previous censuses, it has been the marginalized communities, those communities that have been affected most by racism, poverty, have been undercounted. And as a result, their voice did not get representation. Brian, that's why this next three weeks is so critical for us to get as many people who are residing here in 2020 to be counted. As of early August, it was estimated that only 60% of persons residing in Illinois have been counted. Imagine that, 60%. We could lose millions of dollars in funding, and we might lose as many as two representatives in the House of Representatives if we are undercounted in Illinois. We need a fair count, and this is important to heal the breach. One of the things that strikes me is that we forget about those delegates in Philadelphia that were debating what the Constitution should look like had a number of examples to follow. They recognized that the Parliament in England had been a first step towards some sort of representative government, but there were quite a few what they called rotten districts in England. The Parliament gauged who could get representation by districts, but because of the aristocracy in England, A number of districts had a single landowner or a few landowners that owned most of the property. And therefore, those few people would get a full representative in parliament, whereas large urban areas would have thousands of people who would only have one representative. This unequal representation became known as rotten districts. Our delegates knew that we did not want rotten districts. But think with me, Brian, if we have an undercount in Chicago, and a fair count in another state. We start the seeds of rotten districts in this country, and we have to avoid that to the best of our ability. What can we do to make sure that that we're counted correctly? First of all, make sure each of us have filled out the census for our families. And our Vincentian mission talks about a community. So we have to think about our community, our networks. 
check with our friends and family all throughout the country. It's not just Illinois. We need a census for the entire nation. Talk to folks in our churches, our synagogues, our mosques, our community organizations. Have we encouraged everyone to fill out the census? Have we gotten them help? Everyone could go on census.gov. There are links on census.gov that you can make a Facebook or a social media posting to encourage your network of people to file a census. The Urban League in Chicago is seeking volunteers to staff a phone bank coming this Wednesday, September 9th, from 4 to 7, to call people in undercounted communities to offer assistance and encourage them to file. We have to do all we can in the next three weeks. I might add that there are forces that don't want an accurate count. And the pandemic as well has made it hard for the Census Bureau to send out individuals to knock on doors, which is usually their last resort to count people who have failed to respond. The federal government had shortened the period. Originally, they were going to be counting people until the end of October. And now they're going to conclude counting at the end of September. People often ask me, what can I do? There's so many problems. Here we have a three-week opportunity to ensure a lawful count, to help repair the breach, repair those mistakes that were made. And I urge you all to encourage everyone on your network to file their census. If you want to volunteer for the phone bank, you can email Kareem Butler, Director of Learning and Evaluation with the Chicago Urban League at kbutler at chiul.org. And that's for this Wednesday, September 9th from 4 to 7 p.m. You can join in a virtual phone bank to help Chicago get an accurate count. Craig, what if I was an undocumented person? What if someone is undocumented? Would they fill out the census? Yes. The Constitution says all persons residing here in the United States are counted. Brian, over two-thirds of the estimated undocumented in our country have been living here more than five to ten years. Many have been working, paying taxes. They've been part of our communities. They've been part of our uh, worshiping communities. They've been part of our neighborhood organizations. They purchase goods which then increases the taxes in in areas, they are to be counted. The Census Bureau is pledged also to protect their status. But But your question also goes to how do we educate? Because often it is those marginalized communities that feel most afraid of the government that fear defile for the census. Our founders made a lot of mistakes, but we should give credit where they did the right thing. And taking an enumeration, a census of all the people residing here reflects all of those who contribute to the common good. Therefore, we have a burden to educate and to encourage and to ensure that we have an accurate count. On this episode, show notes, we're going to put links to all the things that you mentioned so people can easily find them. You can find them all at blogs.depaul.edu slash dmm. Thanks for letting us know about this, Craig. Hopefully people will fill out their census forms and encourage others to do it. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for listening. This podcast is not intended as legal advice. If you'd like to learn more or check out the reference materials, please look at the show notes at blogs.depaul.edu slash DMM. DMM.